You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome to Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Curtis. I go about your life on all social media. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. There are so many podcasts out there that you can listen to and you choose to listen to this one. And I am eternally grateful. Speaking of, if you want to support this podcast and its home network, a.k.a. Flawless Noises Media Network, you can do so in two ways. One, go to patreon.com slash flawless noises and sign up. In exchange for a little bit of money, you will be getting a lot of bonus content from myself and other hosts on Flawless Noises. You can also purchase some merchandise to help support this show. Go to FlawlessNoises.com store, pick up a shirt or a tote. And now we're going to get the show started. So my first guest for the month of October is someone that I am very, very excited to have on the show. Brand new guest. You've never heard from her before, but I have been connected to her via the social meds for a considerable amount of time. Y'all know I don't really do dates or memory and things like that, but I know it's been some years I have joining me this episode, Original Pink. Y'all might know her, remember her from the Twitter streets. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. Oh, no worries. You're most welcome. It's my pleasure. So we're going to get started. Let's go into one of my favorite segments out of two. And it is the Queer Query. (laughs) Question. First question, and I feel like we've talked about this before in the past, but let's do an update. So who is your newest or latest celebrity crush? Oh, that there's just so many people out there now. But um, yes, there are. <laughs> and it's funny because it changes daily. But, you know, Jacob Elordi, he was in the kissing booth and Euphoria, the football player that he was just total and complete jerk. Oh. He's giving me like, I don't know. It gives me like James Dean esque, hmm, and I okay. love that he's such a he's he's like a baddie, but he's like a softy in the kissing booth. And in Euphoria, he's just trash. He's just trash. Hmm. He's giving me a little range early on in the game. So, eh, it's one of my newest. Okay. And the baby. I love the baby. I love him. <laughs> the baby with that wide smile. Listen, he's short, but you know, he could be my boyfriend. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he has qualities that make up for the height. Yeah, well, he's not much. He's not, I think he's about my height. So that's not a problem. We can look each other eye to eye. I think yeah. what it is. I think he's with about him, five foot eight. Is he? I heard he was five. I heard he was like five, 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 six. Oh, well, maybe okay. his industry height is five. <laughs> the new diamond fronts, they make him taller. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I have two fairly new celebrity crushes. And I'm not like a crush crush, but someone that has caught my eye. Hmm. The first one is Laith Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think much needs to be said beyond that. Like that is a 
beautiful man. Yes. And not just God. physically, but he has a, from what I can tell, a good spirit. You know, he has a good heart. And I can appreciate that in these dark times in Trump's America. Yeah. You know, and I like that he's giving visibility to trans men as well, because I've said that multiple times on multiple shows. You don't really hear as much about the trans man's experience because it's unfortunately overshadowed by the trans women because they go through so much. And it's just nice to to see a man like him come out and be successful, do his thing and try to be an advocate for the community. My other celebrity crush is uh, Florian Montanu. He goes by Big Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the Big Nasty came from, but let me tell you something. We can get Big Nasty because that white man, I want. I think he's Greek. He's from that rock... Uh... The new Rocky movies, right? Uh, the Creed, Creed movies. Creed yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the the yeah, big opponent. Nasty. I follow him, and I'm just like, how, <sighs> how, how, <laughs> like how, mm. how? I just would like to know how. Wall you know what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can you can slide some more. <laughs> mm-hmm. He reminds. No, let me not say that. I was about to get cheesy, but yeah, those yes. are my celebrity <laughs> crushes. That is a, a nice um, looking man. Yes, and Lath is a nice looking man as well. So Lath is beautiful. He's just beautiful yeah. in and out, and I'm yeah. happy to see that he's in these walking these fashion shows, and mm-hmm. he's getting a lot of visibility. I can't wait to see if he's going to do film and yeah and i want to see more of him yeah see what other endeavors he has up his sleeve of course i'm along for the ride and i have a good feeling i don't think he'll come out being trash or anything like that so we'll see what happens i wish him the best as well so the next question because i talked about social media and us being connected through social media for so long I think it's only fitting that I ask, where do you see social media going in the next 10 years? Like, what do you, what do you think the state of it will be? Well, you know, I started when there was no social media. So to see how far it's come so far mm-hmm. is, is just eye-opening. It is, sometimes I'm still in awe of the things that you can do Um, being that I'm the age that I am, I'm also kind of like, well, what happened to this? You know, I see that it's going to get to the point where it's going to explode and advertisement is solely going to be on social media. Like, I don't think we're going to have cable and, (laughs) you know, commercials. It's just going to be all advertising all the time. And it's going to be to the point where it's possibly going to be interactive to the point where you just click on something and you've bought it. I also think that at some point it's going to implode mm. on itself because people are going to lose touch and this disconnection with reality is mm. going to become a bigger problem than what it is. Whew. Say that. Say that. <laughs> so when I looked at my mind's eye and I did that thing that Raven does, I came up with two different paths that I think social media could go in in the next 10 years. And the first would be that it's going to be bigger than ever. 
I feel like there's a possibility that another platform is going to debut and that'll be making waves as well. And it'll have a large number of users like the others do. The other path, and it kind of goes a little bit to what you were saying, is I think that there's a strong possibility that with the purchasing power and the influence that comes out of social media, companies are going to find a way to kind of bogart their way into it even more, trying to make money, and they're going to ruin it. And we'll start to see the decline of social media because people don't want to have to have companies throwing their shit in their face every five minutes just to be able to to say, hey, I went to go see a new Rambo movie or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. To the point where it's just like, okay, y'all are ruining this experience and it's time for us to ski down. You know what I mean? Like too many ads. Like right now, it's not to the point where the ads are so intrusive that you can't enjoy the platform. But let me tell you something. I can see the seeds being planted because that T-Mobile CEO account, burn it with fire. Mm. That account is so annoying and it pops up on every Twitter account that I go through because you know I manage all of the Twitter I don't manage but I have access (laughs) to all of the Twitter accounts because I don't want y'all think I'm tweeting from not so newlywed or mama like I don't do that but I I have access to them Um, I go in and do administrative things every now and then and it's like every time the timeline pops up on any Twitter account that damn Twitter that damn T-Mobile CEO account comes up and I'm like golly and so I can see companies start to be incessant annoying whatever other adjectives and descriptive words you want to throw in there that way and it'll get to the point where people like me and probably you know a lot of other people will be like well I could just not (laughs) you know what I'm saying I could just let me just hang out in the group chat like I'm good on Twitter (laughs) well I think that speaks to also when you're on YouTube and let's say like me I'm always window shopping and I leave stuff in my shopping cart and that store will be blinking at me in that right hand corner give us your money sis I (laughs) I was like girl but I left you in the shopping cart stay in there until my to my you know my my uh credit has posted and we've given you money so I could just respend it, but I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that um, definitely that advertising is going to become so, it's, it's going to be like, um, what was it they were talking about when the internet got like real popular, how people were saying that they were, uh, goodness gracious, it's slipping it's on the tip of my tongue, where they were ingraining it into your brain without you knowing it. Mm. And you were buying things and not knowing why. So it's just going to continue. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. I get real tired of buying stuff mm-hmm. in the grocery store. And then I start seeing ads for it on Instagram. I yes. never tweeted about it. Never talked about it. It's just stuff that I buy. Well, I'm like, it, why am I seeing ads for toilet paper on Instagram? Like, bitch, I'm not, I ain't got no shitty kitty. What y'all doing? Why are y'all mm-hmm. doing this to me? So then it, I think about it and I'm like, oh, you know what? 
I just bought some toilet paper from mm-hmm. Walmart, didn't I? Y'all crafty bitches. Yeah, they go in there and then once you have an app and you've given all those permissions and someone was telling this, every time that you agree to give them permission to your phone, your pictures, your microphone, and you agree to all that stuff, they are then cycling everything you buy they will cycle it back and they have permission to use your microphone as well. So they're listening to your conversations. So just kind of spin that all back to the net neutrality. The internet is a dangerous place. Yeah. It's a dangerous place. Yeah. So we'll see. It could, we could get to the promised land or it could be (laughs) apocalyptic nightmare. I don't know. Either way, either way. Welcome to Thunderdome. Yeah. God. Hopefully we don't have to dress like this. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> okay. Let's end the queer query with a quick game of this or that. Okay. So it'll be rapid fire. Just answer off the top of your head. You ready? I'm ready. All right. This or that Thanksgiving or Christmas. Thanksgiving. Okay. Come on. Turkeys yes. out here. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Tacos or burgers. Burgers. Oh, okay. Summer or winter? Winter. Oh, okay. You know what? I can, yeah. Yeah, same, (laughs) same, same. Okay, this one, I'm curious to see how you handle this one. Prince or Michael Jackson? Prince. Mm. You know what? I'm not surprised. Knowing you the little bit that I do, (laughs) I won't (laughs) act like I I know you and, and everything that you are about, but... I'm not surprised that you chose Prince. Okay, last one. Will Smith or Idris Elba? Goodness, you just made that tough. I'm going to have to say, I'm, even though I want to say Idris, I'm going to say Will. Okay. that's uh, Listen, that's absolutely fair. Because Will Smith is it. He, mm, like he is Idris, aging very well. He is, but you know what I like about him? He's just so damn personable and he's so charming i saw that target surprise thing he did and he was just so cute yeah not only that but he invented instagram listen <laughs> like his instagram is always popping the production that they put into it is just i saw a video on there the other day that had me hollering it was like a he was they were showing a, a stunt that he was doing, I guess, in that Gemini movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they took it and like memed it, like did a meme video of it. Oh, it was so <laughs> funny. You have to go yeah. look at that. I dare to say social media wise and just and I'm not talking about discography either, because you really have to have a love for Will Smith to be like, oh my goodness, you know. I have to say he is like the social media male equivalent of Beyonce and I might be taking that a bit too far but he just has that presence Mm -hmm. he has style he has flair he has compassion he loves his kids like he's super candid he's open he's honest it's all there for you to see yeah I would yeah I would say he definitely has a lot of pull and influence because I know once he joined and people started seeing what he was doing boom instant success right so 
Shout out to you, Will Smith. Mm-hmm. You are fine as hell and could get the work. But Idris, you too, and as well. Pretty much. And congratulations on that Bel Air line. I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was like, that is, listen, doing celebrity and business right. I'm buying I'm one for it. I'm buying the track jacket and I'm going to wear it backwards. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. (laughs) Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back (laughs) and get into the main topic. For sure. Thank you for supporting the Flawless Noises Media Network. You can visit FlawlessNoises.com for more information on our other wonderful shows. You can also connect with us on social media. Search for at Flawless Noises on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to FlawlessNoises.com store if you're interested in purchasing some merchandise. And if you really love us and would like some bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon. With $5 and $10 subscription levels, you're bound to hear something you like. Go to Patreon.com slash Flawless Noises for more details. We thank you for taking the time to listen to our shows and supporting your favorite hosts. Please feel free to share with your friends, family, co-workers, and more. Flawless Noises Media Network, get to know our sound. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. All right, guys. So it is time for us to get into the main topic for this episode. We are going to be discussing parenting of a potential LGBTQ child. So Pank is a mother. (laughs) She has an adorable son. How old is your son? He's 12. Okay. I was going to say 13. (laughs) But, you know, I was close. He thinks he's 13. Listen, (laughs) don't we all want to be 13? Uh, they don't even understand. They, they, until they hit twenty-one, they're never going to understand what we're trying to tell them. Yeah, hell, I'm thirty-five, still learning. But anyway, <laughs> so let's get into this because I've I've been wanting to have a conversation with a parent of an LGBT child, but it hadn't really presented itself uh, before now. So I'm really curious to get into, I don't want to get into all of your business, obviously, because no, we don't have time for that. Of course. But I do want to touch on some things that I think are important for parents to hear because you and I are connected with a lot of people on Twitter. We see a lot of younger parents, parents my age and younger having children. And we know that in the next couple of years, maybe five to 10 years, we're going to start seeing them have experiences with children that may be curious about their sexuality or their gender. And so I think that it's very important and really timely for us to have this conversation. And I'm very appreciative that you're willing to do so on the show uh, where people can hear it. But like I said, I think it's important. So let's get into the environment. How would you say you fostered a safe environment for your son? And was it always a conscious effort or something that you saw needed to be done out of necessity? Well, uh, I've always been under the contention that your child is your child and that acceptance is paramount. Um, As parents, we want our children to know they're accepted any shape or format. Um, I've always wanted him to be his own person and not a cookie cutter version of myself. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people live vicariously through their children and that's not something that I wanted for him. Um, and the way that I have fostered that safe environment is being super open. <laughs> you know, we don't hide our bodies. Nudity is not a big thing. We use proper descriptors. You know, there's no fat, there's no skinny. I mean, we use our words. If there's something that we want to say, we say it appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first thing. Uh, and then, it, you know, out of necessity and just because I'm just conscious of my child and the things that he does, necessity in the sense that he went through a period of bullying. And there were a couple factors that people would always point out. You know, he dances so well for a young boy and you know, he likes to wear pink and why is he wearing why is he wearing that scarf around his waist? You know, it looks like a dress. He's a boy. He should not be doing that, you know. So between you know, just myself falling under that umbrella and um seeing that with family members and whatnot, I said, "You know what?" you need to be awake and you need to make sure you tell people, no, this is not okay. And you need to make sure that you leave at a open doorway for your son. That's so beautiful. (laughs) So beautiful. Mm. It gave me the warm fuzzies. It's, it's just nice hearing that there are children that are not going to have to kind of deal with the things that I dealt with in my childhood when it came to these things or worse, because I'm not saying that I had it so horrible, but I do have some scars. And so it's nice to hear a parent be so conscious of their responsibility for lack of a better term. So have you had, I want to say maybe explicit conversations with your son about the community or have they been pretty generic? Like how have those conversations come about? Um, We've had conversations, you know, in the day of the internet and just because where we live, we live in New York and New York is just in your face, whether you're from here or not. So, You know, you have the teddy bears walking hand in hand in Soho and Chelsea. You have, you know, your femmes, your your queers, your whichever spectrum you fall under, under the rainbow, (laughs) under the letters, so to speak. You know, he sees it. And so there was just no getting around it. My aunt is a engaged lesbian who brings her wife to my house for dinner and has invited us to her engagement party. It's never been an issue of hiding. So it's always been very visible. We've had the conversations. He's had the talk. He knows what things are. He knows, you know, the basics. So he's able to speak intelligently to something when somebody asks him a question or if he has a question. Mm. Um, You know, the thing that I teach him is respect yourself and then respect others. You know, and a lot of people tend to say, well, why should he respect a stranger? And I said, well, really, it's always about respecting yourself. If you respect yourself, you give that person the space and opportunity to do the same. And God willing, that is the case. Um, That's an interesting point 
Because that's a weird question to ask. Why would you teach him to respect strangers? Well, you want strangers to respect you. Like you're not going out in the world accepting disrespect from random people. So it's kind of like, why would it starts at home? You know, that's that's interesting to me. I think it depends on where you come from. I Mm. think it's a cultural thing. I also think it is a, age thing where people like respect is to be earned and i'm like well how else do you earn it other than respecting yourself yeah you have to respect yourself and that means you treat people the way that hopefully god willing they will treat you in return right i i think also with that that there's levels of respect because when you say respect is earned, this is someone that you have or potentially are going to have some type of interpersonal relationship with. That I agree with because you don't mm-hmm. want to let anybody get close to you, let your guard down if they're not going to respect you. But right. I think we can all agree that there's a higher level of just basic respect that you have of, for other people. Right. Or you should anyway. And we know that that's not always the case, but I think it's fair to say like, okay, when we, when we say respect others, we're not saying respect them to the point where you are willing to overlook obvious signs of danger or anything of that nature. Let them disrespect you. It's nothing like that. Um, But I do think that it's important for us to, and I want to say us, because while I may not be a, a parent, you know, I'm around people, I'm around people's kids. So it's important for us as a society to foster this idea that, yes, we do need to respect strangers on a basic level. Right. So I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I mean, on the, on the most basic level, because Ashton said to me, he goes, Mommy, well, what is respect? Because here's the definition. And he goes, it's like a... It's a higher form of admiration. He goes, I don't admire everyone that I meet. (laughs) Right. And I said to him, I said, well, think about it like this. It's not so much respect as being courteous. And he said, courteous? And I said, yeah, courteous. (laughs) I said, when you leave the house in the morning and we get in the elevator, sometimes we see people that live in the building. We don't know them on a personal level. But we see them on a, in a passing day-to-day. And so when they say good morning and you don't say it back, how do you think that makes them feel? And he goes, I never thought about it like that. And I said, exactly when you hold the door open, because I've taught you to do so, and someone doesn't say thank you, how do you feel? He goes, I get upset because that's not nice. And if I held the door for you, the least you can do is say thank you. Mm-hmm. So I said, it's pretty much the same principle, except with respect, especially when you're respecting yourself, means that you hold yourself accountable. It means you hold value for yourself and that you know you're important and therefore project that outwards so people know you're important. And you make sure that you know that they're important to you. He goes, okay, I get it. yeah i think all of those are are fair points i mean 
for 12, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't want to do like overload. But I think also it's like there's only so much you can say about mm-hmm. some things. Like you you give those baby steps, you know, you you put them on the path, but some things they just kind of have to learn through exactly. life and through experiences. So I can see that. Um what kind of questions and concerns has your son had in regards to either his gender expression or his sexuality or maybe both? Um, Ashton was three. I believe the first time that it became a conversation. Um, Ashton brought home a doll from daycare. Mm hmm. He could have brought home a fire truck. He could have brought home whichever of the male cisgender toys. Uh, And um, he brought home a doll and he brought it home and he fed it and he cleaned it and he wrapped it in a blanket and he nursed it and he sang to it. And I didn't have a problem with it. Everyone else had a problem with it. And Mm. From there on out, he would go to birthday parties and he would dance and he would cut a rug, okay? To the point where people were like, oh, he's, why isn't he, why is he dancing? Why is he only playing with the little girls? And, you know, and so when Ashton got past that stage and he got into what is considered middle school, he went through a bullying. And um, this is the time that James Charles, was real popular mm-hmm. and he the girls were watching his tutorials and he was sitting listen and he would watch on their phones with them and they started calling him a sister and one of them went a step further and called him a faggot and why are you hanging out with the girls mm-hmm. and ashen came home and he said mommy am i a faggot and my head must have spun around <laughs> okay And he looked at me and I looked at him and I said, who taught you this word? Because we don't use that word in this house. He goes, well, the boys are telling me that I must be a sister and I'm a faggot because I hang out with the girls and why don't I have a girlfriend? And he goes, I don't need a girlfriend. And like, he was so upset. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, what are you really upset about? And he goes, I'm upset because they don't know what they're talking about and they just want to make me feel bad. Mm. And I said, well, let's not use the F word. (laughs) Right. First first and foremost, there's a lot of F words we can use. Let's leave that one out. I said, but let's talk about where you think you are. I said, when you see little girls, how do you feel about them? He goes, they smell nice. They look nice. They're fun to be around. They're better than boys. And I said, okay, check. Mm. Okay. He's being raised by two women. So it's not a super far stretch of the imagination that he prefers female company, period. And I said, when you're on boys, how do you feel? He goes, they smell and they're gross. And they just... They act stupid. He goes, and I don't know what the hell is wrong with that, mommy. Oh, sorry for saying that, mommy. I'm sorry for saying hell. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, do you have any feelings? Do you have any questions? Do you know why they called you this? 
And so that's when I had to pull out the computer and we had to talk about gender. We had to talk about body parts. We had an anatomy lesson and then we pulled up the LGBT page Mm-hmm. And we watched videos and we went onto YouTube and we watched videos and he said nothing. He said nothing. He just watched and he said, okay. And then maybe six months after that, I caught him on an app that he had downloaded onto his phone. Mm. And he was speaking to I don't know who, which we don't do here. And I, we had a big fallout over that. And I said, you know, you could be talking to someone that preys on children mm-hmm. and you've invited danger to your front door. And that's not something we do. And he said, well, I have questions, but I don't know if I can ask you because I don't know if you understand because you're not me. Mm. And I said, okay, so I'm going to give you the real and he says, what does that mean? And I said, I'm going to tell you some truth. And what you choose to do with that truth is up to you. But I'm sharing with you because I trust you. He said, wow. I said, okay. I said, mommy has had girlfriends and mommy has had boyfriends. And he looked at me like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown. He goes, oh, really? And I said, yes. He goes, well, how come you were almost getting ready to marry daddy? I said, because at the time, you know, he was kind of all right, you know? Mm. (laughs) I said, he presented what mommy thought she wanted. And I said, let me tell you something. No matter who you like, no matter what packaging they come in, It's never going to be an issue for me. You're my child. You came from my body. I love you. And no matter what you decide, you don't get thrown away like a a scribbled upon piece of paper. That's not how it works here. I said, so when you're ready, I know people. I can take you to groups. I can drop you off at a brunch with people that have more experience and more to tell you that are not your mom that will sit and listen and share their experience and you will feel safe. And he said, I'm not really ready to talk about it right now. I'm not sure where I am. I'm not sure what I am but I know that at some point I'm going to want to wear makeup and possibly wear skirts like Kanye and -and so-and-so and and such and such. And maybe I might want to wear high heels, but I don't think that that means that I like boys. I said, okay. Yeah. And that's where we left it. Hmm. And so he came home this summer from vacation and he said, I don't like bye. I don't like gay. And he goes, I think that I'm comfortable with Polly. And I said, okay. 
He goes, yeah, because it's not one or the other or everything or nothing or whatever. And I don't have to worry about these things. And I don't have to worry about other people telling me where I belong. Come on, multi-selection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm here for it. So the thing that I think is interesting about this story that you're relating right now is that you did not take the the path of trying to keep sexuality away from your son. And I know that that's cultural and it depends on how we were raised, who we were raised by age. Like there's a lot of factors that go into that, but we don't have a lot of stories on this end. We got a lot of stories of, you know, I something happened, I got discovered or I tried to talk to my parents and I got, they tried to beat it out of me or they did this or they did that. We have a lot of stories of the bad stuff. We don't have a right. lot of stories of the, I'm just trying to make sure that they know what they want to know. And on top of that, because I'm older and I have wisdom, what they need to know. Right. And for them to know that there there's an open space and that they don't have to keep it all bottled in. Right. I also love the fact that you threw in the possibility of having other people try to help him understand the things that he wants to know. Because sometimes it goes back to what you said earlier and what a lot of people will say that parents are not perfect. You are not a perfect person. You don't know everything. Right. And so you being willing to kind of farm that out to people who may maybe either make him feel more comfortable because they don't know him so well or just have more experience, like you said, in, in different things and in different, I don't want to say lifestyles, but something along those lines that he may be able to learn and then I love that you have this relationship that you have with him because it's very possible that he could go to someone else, learn these things, and then he can come and discuss it with you. Right. Um, I find as we're going along, I'm learning more and more information. And the sad part about it is the older you get, if you're not constantly searching for information and if you're not exposing yourself to social media or you know, reading, you can become lost and then you cannot understand what it is your child is going through or even be able to wrap your head around it. Right. So, you know, and also because sometimes people go, well, it's not my job to teach you. Just because I'm this, I don't need to teach you. It's not my job to teach you. That's what the information is there for. And sometimes yeah. you read that information and there's just, it's so multifaceted Listen. and there's so many just, whew, it, it's confusing even to me, you know, a college graduate who falls, you know, under, under that, you know, even for me that I say, well, I like men and I like women, but for me, not so much. It's about the gender so much as the person, as the way that they treat you, you know, the way that they are around you, you know, I could care less, you know, I've been attracted to men that dress as women. And I'm like, well, what's that about? You know? So even for me at 
you know, even in my own personal life, it's been confusing. So I can only imagine what it's like for him. And so the more information he brings me, well, sometimes he'll go, go watch this video or here, he'll send me a link and I'll watch it and we won't talk about it. And then I'll wait for him to say, did you watch it? And I said, well, what did you want me to take from it? And we'll have a discussion. I love that. That's, (laughs) yeah. And I think it's, it's a very salient point that you made about age affecting how we search for information or or I guess our openness to receiving new information. And it's something that I I do kind of put on people that are older that are in the community to at least be open to teaching the youth. Like I 100% get not wanting to sit here and educate a grown person with a smartphone in their hand that can Google. Although, like you said, there are some things that you get so much information, but it doesn't really make sense. Like there's a lot of stuff even with me that I don't understand. And I've Googled, I've read a lot of stuff about it. And I'm like, it just seems like every source is, is, is explaining it from a different angle and we're not getting to a central point. And so I still have questions. And I 100% understand how you feel about that. But I do put that kind of on people that are in the community. Like if you have that knowledge and you have someone younger, we don't want to see the people that are coming up under us struggle with things that they don't have to, if we can help them with that, if we can just sit down and have a conversation, just be open and just say, Hey, if you have questions, you can ask me if I don't know, we can figure it out together. It was really part of the reason why I did an episode with my goddaughter where she just asked a bunch of questions because I, I felt like it was very important right. to do what I can to try to educate people that are younger than me. And she's not even, as far as I know, identifying with the community, but it's also important to educate people that, that are outside of the community because the ones that are not in the community are the ones that the children that are in the community have to be around. They're the children that they, they have relationships with that they're growing with, that they're having new experiences with. So as much as we can educate on both sides of the spectrum, the better I think everyone will be. Right. So that's very good to hear. Yeah. I think for children, it's super important for them even if if it is the most basic of information, that they're able to participate in the conversation or say, hey, that's not right. That's not what that means. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, let, me, <laughs> let, me, let me pass some wisdom on to you, okay? Pretty much, you big dummy. It's yeah. not what it means. <laughs> Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about your fears and some of it being relating to your geographic location, some of it just being cultural and things of that nature. But are there any other specific types of fears that you have when it comes to your son and his journey into figuring out what he wants to do? And we'll Um, leave it at that. Being 12 uh, is hard in itself. We are at the precipice of 
teendom, as we like to call it. He's a tween, well, not even, yeah, he's a preteen. It's hard enough, your body's changing, your voice is changing, your hormones are changing, and that in itself can be very confusing. What I fear is um, people's reaction and treatment of him, specifically in the community where he is so loved and adored. Like my son is known everywhere and he carries grocery bags and he participates in trips and, you know, he's been trick-or-treating in the same building for over 10 years. Like people know my son in a, at least one mile quadrant. (laughs) Well, and you know, I always fear and not so much their reaction, but his reaction to their reaction when it comes time for him to say, okay, this is how I'm going to express myself. This is who I am. That I have to say is it. And then I also fear sometimes that because I've seen him pull inside of himself and kind of wait till something happens or until he feels safe, I fear that he'll limit himself and not be who he needs to be to make it through the day. That's a very interesting, I had not considered that, but it makes sense because sometimes when we do that, and when I say we, I mean me, (laughs) (laughs) it can take a very long time and a very specific set of circumstances in order for us to break down those barriers. Um, For myself, I can say a lot of it comes with the podcast. It helps me really process a lot of things and my feelings and my thoughts when it comes to not only the community, things that are happening within the community, how we treat each other, but how we're treated obviously by outsiders for lack of a better term it's catharsis yeah it really is and it can take a long time you know and it just depends because it's not just a podcast you know i'm also in therapy not that i'm specifically in therapy thinking about what we're talking about but you know things come up when you start speaking freely of course and Uh, you are generating you are generating mental safe space Yes. And I think the emotional slash mental free space is what a lot of people lack. Yes. And it's because they, you know, and it was funny because today we passed by my pastor and he said to me, he said to my son, who is your worst enemy? And my son said, me. And he Mm -hmm. answered so fast that he kind of, his eyes popped open. He said, Good answer. See, we're on the same page. You listen to me when I talk on Sundays. And in my mind, I'm thinking, (laughs) Lord Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But he said it so fast. Uh And to speak to that is we are our worst enemies. And that happens based on how we perceive, how people perceive us. And we won rampant with it and we cause a lot of damage to ourselves. So what you're providing 
is mental and emotional free space for people to step outside of that nagging voice and all the pressures and have a space where I go, okay, somebody's hearing me without me speaking. Thank you. You know, and I respect that. I really, I have to say, I enjoyed the podcast with you and your, your God niece and you know, it was really fun to hear her ask you these questions and you were candid. And if you felt it was too much of an explanation or uh, in not age appropriate for her, you, you stated and you said later on. Yeah. And you didn't limit the conversation as far as just shutting it down completely. You said, this is about as much as I can tell you now. And as you get older, we'll have another conversation. So God bless you because <laughs> I was, you know, I'm a super cognizant of that because I'm like, I don't know who's going to be listening. And obviously, you know, I don't want to scar my goddaughter. Uh-huh. And also I was like, I don't need Bree coming up and bopping me upside the head with a purse. Cause I don't say it too much. But you do you know what it is? A lot of people are not, well, it's not my child, you know, so yeah. I don't need to. And it's not about filtering so much as, you're respecting this child so they can respect you in the same way. Absolutely. You lead by example. And so, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I myself can speak to that where I, my whole life, I hid. I've known that I have loved the way women smell and walk and their hair and the flow of their dress. And I've always loved women since I was five. And I never said anything because I saw the way that my aunt was ostracized and she was kicked out. And she goes, oh, you know, and Spanish is la pata, you know. And she wasn't allowed to come to family functions and they didn't respect her. And I saw how much my mother suffered. Mm -hmm. And my mother actually prevented her from committing suicide. So I saw that and I said... I never want to put my mother through that and I don't want to go through that. And so I will keep my private life private. And one day we were on the train and my mother said something that I really didn't care for. And I said, well, you know what? My whole entire life, I've liked women. I've had girlfriends and you know what? And you never knew about it. And she looked at me and I looked at her and that was the end of the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And You know, I, I don't give it a lot of thought sometimes with the things that I do, but I'm glad that we're kind of doubling back on that a little bit because I do feel that it's a personal responsibility of mine to, like I said, pass the information on, but also to, to make these spaces feel safe. Like you said, like that was a goal of mine in even starting this podcast. I was like, what can I give back to the community? You know what I mean? Like I'm not an activist. I'm not an, uh, uh, one of the people that can, can organize. I'm, I, I don't have those skills. What can I do? And it's not only for that, but it's also a path for me so that I can figure out what else can I do? You know what I mean? Like sometimes you got to start small, Right. And I'm that kind of person. That's something that I had to learn about myself. Like I'm the kind of person that sometimes I got to start small. Of course. And 
it feels like a bigger footprint now, I guess, because it's almost three years that I've been doing this podcast, which is wild to say, mm. but I'm glad that people can listen to it and get these types of things out of it that you're getting and, and kind of see the vision. It, it feels good. It feels like I'm, I'm on the right path as much as I think that I'm not, or almost convince myself that I'm not. Let's wrap up this conversation with some advice then. Um, We've talked about a lot of different things and I would hope that people are, grabbing some of the gems that you've been dropping, but in a concentrated effort, what advice would you give to other parents who are in similar situations as you are with your son? Um, I think we, we need to think back to when we were children and how vulnerable you felt when you had to tell an adult something you were scared to talk about or you felt would anger them, you got to remember that feeling, mm-hmm. you know, cause you would just be shook, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Oh my God. And you would feel like you're having a heart attack and you were only like about seven. So I think you need to remember that you need to remember that, you know, children think that their parents are perfect. And so, you know, you need to remember that just like you're not perfect, your children are not perfect and um, you shouldn't impress that upon them. Um, If you don't know something, don't fake it. If you don't understand, make it clear you don't understand, but that you're going to learn together and that you are there to support and guide and not to judge. This is a judgment-free zone. And sometimes if you need me not to talk and just to listen, then you need to say, mommy, daddy, I don't really need you to talk. It doesn't require a response, but I need to tell you something. You need to to receive that. Um, And never withhold your love. Even if you're feeling conflicted, even if you're scared, even if you're just unsure and just, you know, when other people are inappropriate or use inappropriate language, let them know, hey, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And know that you will lose some friends. <laughs> you will lose some friends. And I think the most important thing is encourage your child to take their time. There is no deadline. There is no rush. There is no need to define anything. It is not something that they need to share with anyone. It's not, I hate that whole, well, I came out of the closet at this age. I feel like there's so much trauma in that statement, period. I just feel like let your child speak to you and just receive it and just have their back until your last breath. That's it. Can't disagree with any of that. I just want to <laughs> reiterate as a now adult that struggled through a lot of this when I was younger. I know that parents are not perfect. No one's asking you to be perfect. I promise you, your children in most instances are not expecting perfection. But 
what I will say is be cognizant of what you put in the atmosphere around your child, whether it's through direct communication with them or not, because words carry a lot of weight. Yes. And depending on the person, but I think it's fair to say in a lot of instances, us in this community, we carry that weight for a very long time. Mm-hmm. even if we don't realize it. So my advice to parents who are in similar situations as you is, is to be mindful of your reactions and be mindful of your words, because you might say something that you don't think is, is a big deal or you just reacted thinking, okay, well, you know, I can smooth this over. And those are sometimes the things that haunt us well into our adulthood. Exactly. It may even be worth, which I mean, I feel like everybody should do. We, we all can work on our controlling our emotions so that we, we can, I don't want to say react logically, but so that we can react clearly because right. reacting in a clear manner doesn't necessarily mean you're you're not going to react with anger or disappointment or anything like that, but it's how you choose to, I guess, display it. What, which words are you using? Like there's a lot of things that I know that I've done just to give an example that disappointed my parents. I expect that disappointment, but the delivery of it is what, stuck with me or stays with me depending on you know what I'm thinking about you know what I mean it's the words that were used to display the disappointment or the anger it was the actions that were taken that I remember and so I just would caution people to to be aware of that kind of stuff where you just never know what sticks with someone and what haunts them what bothers them And we want to foster better relationships. You know, I don't want to see people grow up and I don't want to see people my age with kids and see them grow up and, and have the types of relationships that people like me have with their parents. Of course. Because of things like this, that, you know, we, if we are mindful of it, then we can start to break those cycles and go down a, a healthier path. Right. I mean, my initial reaction when, you know, he came home the first time and said, you know, somebody called me the F word. I wanted to cry. Yeah. And I said, if you cry, he's going to feel guilty. And this is not a moment of guilt. And I bit the sides of my cheeks so damn hard. And I smiled and I hugged him and I kissed him and I did what I needed to do in terms of letting him know, thank you for bringing me this conversation. We're going to get through this. Here's the information you need. And dumb little boys better watch out because I'm not playing. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I didn't cry. I waited till he went to bed and then I cried and not so much out of pain in the sense, okay, my son may be this, 
or he's going to have a hard life because people are just cruel. I cried because I said, you knew you were just waiting. It was a sense of relief. Now I can arm myself and I can help him arm himself. Yeah. I think that's powerful. And I think that's a good (laughs) way to punctuate this conversation. So pink. Yes. Again, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on to the show, for being so candid. And like I said, dropping these gems, I hope that people get something out of this conversation. I hope they share it with other parents and we can just really foster that safety net that I'm hoping that we, you know, will come across someday. In the meantime, in between time, where can people find you, connect with you, all of those good things? Well, mostly on Twitter, so you can definitely see me there. It's uh, different than what you're calling me. So it's La Fupacabra. So it's L-A underscore F-U-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. And um, that account is open. It's not padlocked. All my other ones are padlocked. So that one is free for anyone to ask questions, even just say hello. Yeah. (laughs) she is friendly y'all she's friendly she gives good (laughs) hugs too i can attest i can attest oh you know i only let a select number of people hug me because listen that time was brief but i can't wait for you to come back that way you can uh, see ashton he gives good hugs too (laughs) i'm overdue for a trip to new york so definitely most welcome we will make that happen All right, you guys, that's going to wrap this show up. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you again for listening. Remember, you can chime in at any time. If you have thoughts on what you've heard, go ahead and sound off. Use the hashtag GaySidePod when you're live tweeting or posting about the show so that everyone can see that. You can also send in letters, compliments, show topic ideas, stories, or whatever you may wish. I like to call it the Gay Side Mail, all of which can be sent to GaySideStories at gmail.com. Please go ahead and do that. Also, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and if you really love the show and want to show some support, leave a review, five stars as well. And make sure you're sharing this show with other people. Word of mouth is still the best way for podcasts like this one to reach more ears and get a bigger audience so go ahead and tell someone that you love the podcast friend co-worker family whatever the case may be that is how we get more people to listen to these shows and you know what that's it love yourselves as always make sure you're protecting your walls or they will what crumble and i will be back next week